0: Hello, and welcome to the Original Remake Podcast, where we discuss and compare an original film and its remake.
1: Hello, and welcome to the Original Remake Podcast, where we discuss and compare an original film and its remake. Ultimately, we seek answers to three questions.
0: Does the remake do justice to the original? And if you just watch the remake... Do you get a good sense of why the original was successful or not successful, and thus remade? But most of all, which movie to watch, the original or the remake? Welcome to another episode of Original Remake, and I'm your host, um, Peter Angelo. I, I guess I'm going I'm to try to be like a Ninja Turtle here. And um, <laughs> so my co-host, Mike, uh, is doing his best Raphael and has separated himself um, he does not have turtle power and did not want to join in for this sitting. So instead, I had to, uh, reach out to, uh, fellow podcasters here, uh, over at the Phil and Film Podcast. Uh, joining me is Aaron Angelo and Patrickello. How are you guys doing? Doing good. Thank you for having doing great.
1: us. Doing, thank you. Yeah.
0: yeah. Was that a bad joke? It, I think it was. <laughs> you guys,
2: guys kind of got I
1: it, right? I mean, I don't, uh, yeah, I don't, I, I don't mind you? being, a uh, being secret ninja type person. That's good. Yeah. Stuff.
2: Well, the only one gone is Raffaello, so that, right. that works out. <laughs> so, mike Mikeo is out. Yeah, it's, there you It's go. his own fault. Okay. Um, so, you guys are
0: joining me for uh, Ninja Turtles. Uh, uh, Aaron, you and I, we, we've actually um, been, been tweeting for the past few weeks here. So, uh, and I, I did not know this, but you on your show, uh, you guys are actually covering the uh, 2014 Ninja Turtles. Yeah, coming out here soon. So, so this could you know kind of go hand in hand. You know, the pairing of it would be uh, we kind of good because this uh, this episode we are recording for the release of the upcoming uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles: uh, Out of the Shadows. Right? Is yep. that what it's called? Okay, that's so in the subtitle. Yeah, no number two. Right? There's no it is wrong. two.
2: No, it's it, it's a uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles two colon out of the shadows. It's, oh, it's, okay. So it does. Have they to make it, it extremely long so that it's you know very hard to tweet. Sure. can't hashtag it
0: yeah well you know they're they're trying to take it from uh the the i guess they're remaking the title of part two also right teenage mutant Ninja Turtles Two: secret of the ooze uh for the listeners that aren't familiar with your guys's show uh feeling film podcast can you guys uh, uh you know talk about your
2: show maybe how you even started because it's still kind of newer too sure uh so i've been wanting to start up a podcast for a long time now patrick and i go way back. Um, We're best friends from high school and we talk movies all the time. So we grew up watching 80s movies together as kids and we have dialogue back and forth constantly from day to day and eventually it just got to the point where we were having this discussion uh, over Batman v Superman recently um, and we, we both really enjoyed that film and we got a little bit fed up with the amount of criticism that we saw on the internet. It just felt like there was a lot of flaming Fans out there that that wanted to do nothing but talk negatively about the film. Critics seemed to have nothing good to say. And it got us onto this conversation about every film having something redeeming about it. And so we just set off on this path and decided, you know what? We're just going to cover movies. And we're going to cover in-theater films because that's what people want to hear about the most. Uh, and then as a secondary, we're just going to cover movies that make us feel something. And so that's kind of our tag, tagline, so to speak. Um, is that we just want everyone to take a positive look at the movies that they're watching because we think that if you watch a movie like, like TMNT is a great example. This, uh, this 1990 version. If you watch the movie, you might think it's kind of cheesy and you might overall be like, eh, meh, I can pass. But if you watch it with an intentionality, of looking for the best parts, you'll find that you have a lot more fun and it's a better experience for you. That's awesome.
0: Yeah, I um, definitely encourage the listeners to check that out because I was very surprised to see you guys only... I think you guys are still, what, single digits? Was it six or seven episodes?
2: Yeah, number eight will be coming in uh, next next Monday. So, yeah, we're, we're still under 10. We're pretty fledgling, and we've had a lot of help from some other podcasters out there. You've been incredibly... Um, gracious and retweeted us quite a few times and helped helped uh, increase our listener base and so far so good. It's it's a passion project, so if no one's listening, we're still having fun talking.
0: Yeah. Yeah, that's awesome. I mean, no, I was very surprised. Like the first episode I listened to, I was like, they they must have done some other podcasting before because this does not sound like brand new guys. Well thank we you. Just we just talk a lot.
1: That. We just talk quite a bit, <laughs> bit offline, so we have a little practice of going back there.
0: All right. So yeah, uh yeah, I you know, definitely happy to have you guys uh on here. Uh and I will continue retweeting uh your stuff. So uh looking forward to catching catching up on some of your things. All right. So uh so Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, uh before we talk about these movies, I want to gauge like where is your guys' like history with the turtles? Were you guys fans at all growing up?
1: Yeah, so growing up, I absolutely had a just a huge almost a obsession with the turtles. I would watch the uh, cartoon show on Saturday mornings. I'd get my my frosted flakes. I'd plop down on the couch, and I would just I would just revel in the the adventures of of Leonardo, Michelangelo, Raphael, and Donatello. And I would you know I my favorite turtle, and I'd I'd dress up, and my friends and I would would you know we'd you know recreate turtle battles and stuff like that. I I have a terrible uh, I have a terrible knack for imitating people even in my adult life. And so I would do my best imitation of Krang and shredder. And, uh, and I just, I love the cartoon. And so when the 1990s movie came out, I, uh, I was just in heaven. I was like, this is fantastic. And I had a clear, clear memory of actually going to see that, mo- that movie in the theaters with my mom of all people. And <laughs> it was just, my mom's awesome. And that's one of the reasons why <laughs> it's because she took me to see the turtles. It was so awesome. No. What about you, Aaron?
2: That's great. I, yeah, I did. I grew up watching the cartoon and loving it. All of the, the video games, the arcade game uh, was my favorite. I spent a lot of quarters on that one. <laughs> I was a Donatello guy, um, so I, I always had my, my purple mask. and I, I liked being Donatello because Donatello had a bow, and you could find a weapon anywhere. All the other kids had to like you know have their parents buy them a set of fake nunchucks. I could just go outside and find a stick. And all of a sudden, I'm Donatello, so mm-hmm. uh, he was my favorite, the smart one, you know, always seemed to kind of figure things out for them, and so I grew up definitely loving the Turtles and the movies and all of that. I, I kind of lost it, I think, as I grew uh, uh, older, and it's, it's definitely starting to make a comeback, largely because of my kids. Uh, they have, they've fallen in love with this new animated show that they've got, and uh, it's just, it's pulling me in all over again.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I'm definitely in that same boat. Patrick, did you have a favorite turtle?
1: Yeah. I, uh, I was a big fan growing up of Leonardo. I loved the leadership and the, (laughs) I didn't know this at the time, but I ended up becoming in terms of personality, that kind of guy sort of stoic and, and, you know, I like making jokes, but I'm more about the, you know, let's keep it, let's keep it real. Let's keep it real. And so I I definitely, plus I love the, I mean, the knives, I mean, who can't go wrong with, with just just wielding a couple of katana blades. I mean, that's just sweet.
0: It is pretty sweet. Um, you, you know, the funny thing is, like, we don't have any duplicates here. Uh, I was actually uh, more of a, a raft kind of guy, but it was more so because of the movie. As a kid, I was like, this is his movie. Like, he's the one who's going out and doing everything. You know, <laughs> so that's the way I looked at it as a kid. But uh, I, too, was into... Um, you know, the cartoons. Uh, I, we, we even used to own like that concert movie they did out of their shells or something like that. Did you guys ever catch that? Oh my
2: word. No, I, thankfully, I don't think I did. Yeah, it
0: was, uh, (laughs) it was some kind of rock concert they did. They had no shells, but they were performing songs, you know, uh, like, uh, songs written for the Ninja Turtles to sing, you know, on stage. And, and people actually went to these concerts. And I, I had a videotape of that. Um, and uh, the first Ninja Turtle movie, I also remember going to see in the in the theater. I don't remember much about that experience, but I do remember going to the theater and seeing that like that epic poster of the four heads popping out from under the the sewer lid. Yeah,
1: you know, <laughs> oh so, yeah, it's so classic.
0: That's just amazing to me. So that's pretty much my history. I I too kind of um fell off at some point. You know, I. I did. I wasn't the kid that had a lot of their toys, but I had uh, these friends who were brothers. They had like all the Ninja Turtles and, um you know, Samurai, Michelangelo and all, all of these types. They, they had, uh, what was the
1: rabbit's name?
0: Is it? Usagi Yo- Yojimbo. Yo- that's right. Yojimbo. Yeah. Uh, Usagi?
1: Usagi Yojimbo.
0: Yeah. I think U- so. Usagi. Yeah. Yojimbo. Him. The, the, yeah. The rabbit. The <laughs> so, rabbit. Yeah. The rabbit. It's cool. Yeah. It's cool. But but man, there were so many toys, you know. Um but I, I don't know what it is. I, I guess maybe I just grew up and I just kinda fell off, or maybe maybe the cartoons cancelled and I was like, Well that's it. You know, the the last movie
2: was what, ninety three maybe? I I wanna say and um outside of the two thousand and seven one that we probably should just pretend didn't happen. Really? You didn't like that? The CGI one was not not a fan of that one. No, I I actually liked it. Oh yeah, I thought
0: it was pretty good. I um on my, on my show, uh, Hydrate Level Four. You know that that's a thing Mike and I do. We always, at any chance we get, we will drop our other shows. But Hydrate Level Four, I actually covered um the first three and TMT and also the 2014. All those were done with my son. So if anyone wants to get a perspective of, I think at the time he was 14, uh, we did cover all of those episodes. And I think I remember. Uh, I think both of us actually enjoyed the two thousand seven CGI movie. I think we were just surprised because like we had no expectations and we're like, that's actually not that bad. And if you actually watch it in sequential order and uh finishing up with uh Turtles in Time or whatever the heck it was called, you're like, you know what? <laughs> well I Eating mean T was actually pretty good.
2: <laughs> pretty much <laughs> There's <laughs> there's a whole host of things that would be good in comparison to the two uh Turtles in time.
0: Yeah. Oh, God. It, that that was one of my favorite things because, you know, Aaron, you, you found out recently that Hydrate Level 4 is a Back to the Future reference. And <laughs> oh, so, why do you
2: have to tell people I didn't get it? Oh, you, you know just what? ruined yeah.
0: <laughs> Sorry, but, you know, you'd be surprised. A lot of people still don't understand where that comes from. Um,
2: Patrick knew immediately. I said, "Hey, do you guess where he got the name for his podcast?" And Patrick's like, "Back to the Future, yeah, like, oh, Part Two, name. Part two. I part knew it two. specifically. Oh yeah, yeah. I That's can quote good. that
1: movie left to right. It's, in, oh, yeah. it's 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 in my pantheon of favorites.
0: Okay, so let's get into, uh, the turtle movies here. The, the first one, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, uh, came out in 1990. So we're gonna talk about the first one here. Uh, it's directed by Steve Barron, who I'm not too familiar with, but I think he started out in like music videos or something. Um, the movie stars Judith Hogue as, uh, April O'Neil. You got Elias Codius, uh, who plays Casey Jones. And you got the voices, um, of the turtles. You got uh, Josh Payus as Raphael, Robbie Rist as Michelangelo, Brian uh, Tachi Tashi, or Tachi as Leonardo, who I know as uh, Takashi from Police Academy, which oh, yeah yeah I found that out during my review of the, of this movie, and uh, Corey Feldman as Donatello, um,
2: Good old see. Corey Feldman. Corey Feldman, w- no Corey Haim. It's not complete.
0: <laughs> yeah, it, it's not the Corey movies for sure. Uh, you know the funny thing is he didn't return for part two, uh, the Secret of the Ooze. So that's mm. that's the weird thing. Like if you go back and watch that, you're like the voice wasn't even close. Like they weren't even trying.
1: Right.
0: Uh, Kevin Clash as Splinter uh, in this movie. April O'Neil, she's a reporter. Uh, I think most people already knew that. And in the city of New York, there's this crime wave going on. Um, the the Foot Clan, as they're called, they're going around, you know, stealing things. I don't remember what for, unless they just never mention it, but things are being stolen. Uh, We got this kid, Danny, who is the son of um, April's uh, boss. He kind of becomes like the audience, I guess. You know, we kind of follow him where he tries to find acceptance into the Foot, I guess, and then... And then, the, you know, we get introduced to the Turtles who meet April and then they decide to take down the foot, I guess, and Shredder. And that's that's I guess that's the story of this first one.
2: Yeah, that's yeah. pretty, pretty good. I, oh, thank you. I definitely see it as a coming of age story for Danny a little bit. So OK. But yeah, that that hits it.
1: So the 2014 one is uh, directed by Jonathan Liebsman, and he is known primarily for things like Wrath of the Titans, Battle of Los Angeles, uh, a lot of a lot of heavy cgi type movies uh the big name that i remember from from this film is the producer michael bay um and if if you know me you know that i have a love hate mostly hate relationship with michael bay in, in some of his films but you can see a lot of that um in this film it's got uh, it's got megan fox she plays april o'neil it's got will arnett he plays her i guess her partner vern and, um, this is the first time that turtles, the turtles were actually, v- um, played and voiced by the same actors with the exception of Leonardo and splinter, which I thought was kind of cool. It was all done by, um, was it not, was it well, I Mo- mocap, right? Yeah. Motion capture. That's right. Um, so you have like William Fitcher who plays Eric Sachs. He's the bad guy. And then you have, um, Alan Richardson who plays Raphael. You guys would probably know him. He played Aquaman in the Smallville series. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which is kind of fun. Uh Noel Fisher plays Michelangelo. Uh Pete Piozik plays Leonardo's uh actor. And then uh Johnny Knoxville actually voices the character of Leonardo, which I didn't know until just like you with Takashi, I didn't yeah. know until actually reading the uh reading the synopsis and, and all the credits. Um and Jeremy Howard plays Donatello. Um and Danny Woodward actually he does the body, uh, the the motion cap for Splinter, and then Tony Shalob, I think is his name. Um, he's famous for being the the, the main star uh, in Monk, the USA series. He voices the uh, the character of Splinter. But essentially, what's uh, what's happened here is um, there's a kingpin in New York, and he's threatening the uh, the city, and so these turtles kind of come come out and start taking down uh, in a similar way to the, to the original, they start taking down members of the foot clan. There's sort of a conspiracy to find out what's going on. And essentially um, Shredder, the guy that plays Shredder wants to take over the city and um, um, Eric Sachs is, uh, is sort of in cahoots with him to, uh, to accomplish that. So like Shredder's got this plan to poison the city Sax has this quote unquote antidote to save the city. And so they're kind of working together where shredder gets to try to kill people. And then Sax is the quote unquote savior of the city to make all this money. So they're kind of in cahoots. And so, so April and the turtle find out about it and their big thing is to take him down. Both of those guys down. Mm. So fairly, fairly straightforward plot, nothing real, nothing real deep. Didn't really expect that going into it, but, but yeah, that was it. Yeah. Thank you for that.
0: Uh, and I didn't find this out until um, this watching, but the Will Arnett character, uh, Vern Fenwick, that, I guess that's the same character from the cartoons, which I completely forgot about.
2: Yeah. I, I yeah. didn't realize
0: that either, actually. Yeah. Yeah. Her co-worker. But, but and I guess the the reason I didn't remember is because he plays him completely different, you know, from from the cartoon. Yeah.
1: absolutely. Um,
0: so I felt like he was, uh, you know, really unnecessary. He could have been called anything else. And Whoopi Goldberg, what is she doing in this movie?
2: <laughs> well, uh, I, go ahead. I was gonna say I could tell you, but I'm, you're not gonna like it. <laughs> um, I, you know, Whoopi's probably there in a lot of ways to uh, satisfy some of our cultural um, oh. issue, issues that we currently have going on. I, I, you know, I mean, she she checks off a couple boxes. Unfortunately,
0: okay. hey, I can um, see it. I
2: mean, that's why they added Shredder, right? Yeah. I, well, isn't is this the one that, that Shredder's played by a white guy? It's either this one or the 1991 one. The I think it might be the 1991 that he's actually played by a white guy. Uh, I I I thought it was Asian. I will have to check it out.
0: Yeah, yeah, but the the 2014 one, like, uh, do you guys remember like any any of the rumors or anything like leading up to the release of the movie? Like, I remember hearing something like William, is it Fichner? I always like screw up his last name
1: it's No, you actually got it right I got it wrong I'm calling him Fitcher
0: oh I don't know I'm sure I've called it like three different ways um (laughs) but like his character I think I remember hearing or reading that he was supposed to be Shredder and then like you know like and then they made some changes whatever and probably added like these last minute shoots to actually make a Shredder that's somebody different than him
1: yeah, I would, I would think so. I mean, that may be why. Um, in in my viewing of it, I thought, man, the Shredder's lines are terrible. They're short, and every time he speaks, I just, I didn't like it that much. That may be why that they didn't put a lot of time and effort into his dialogue.
0: <laughs> and also, like, I get Sax is supposed to be the savior after what Shredder does, but it, I don't know. It's really weird. I I get why it's like that, but Shredder should be the main baddie. Like, why is he the one going up to the the spire and? And releasing the chemicals and all of that, it, I, just, I, I just thought that was really weird. Um, and real quick, I want to touch on this before I forget. And this could be like the fan in me, but in the 2014 version, so when they were all like captured, you know, kind of towards the end in the lab, um, Sachs, he mentions, you know, he's like kind of amazed, right, and awe seeing these guys in their, I guess, up front, live and in the flesh, so to speak. He he makes a like a like a one drop line. He's like, oh, you know, and to think, you know, we we thought about experimenting on rabbits. Do you think that was like a little Usagi Yojimbo reference at all, or am I reaching
1: there? I don't think you are reaching at all. Okay, no, I, I think I am um, I'm, I'm a big fan of looking into the trivia on the IMDb page when I watch a movie. Okay, and I think that was one that was brought up oh, that somebody yeah. inter- somebody interviewed uh, either him or somebody in the production company, and they said it was it was a nod to to Yojimbo. Okay, yeah.
0: And I'm pretty sure that was um uh that wasn't added until like way after the release. And so I did an instant review where I clearly said I heard that and I, I made that comment, so I want to <laughs> pat myself on the back for that. You so did it. you guys are my people. You, you guys uh, definitely caught that too.
1: <laughs> Kudos to you. No, thank you, thank you. Uh, Can this, I just
2: real quick? I yes. just want to retract what I said because I want to be I want to be fair. They, they were both played by uh, Asian American actors, so oh, okay. uh, so no problems with Shredder's casting at all. I don't know where I got that, but I was wrong.
0: The, the funny thing is, like I think I also mentioned this on my uh, re- review a couple years ago on. The, the first movie, but th- when I was a kid you know, most kids are gullible um and I was definitely one of them um a friend of mine who was caucasian he, uh he had some cousins over one time and they knew I was a big turtle fan and and they're like, oh yeah our cousins they they were in the movie and one one of them was like, oh yeah, our cousin was shredder I was like really he looked Asian in the movie <laughs> but I totally I totally believed them that's uh shows how <laughs> naive I was I guess. Well, he
2: is behind a he's behind a mask. It's hard to see sometimes.
0: Yeah, yeah, absolutely, it is. Uh, but his his uh gosh, it, it's really weird. Like the the shredder in the twenty fourteen version. Like when we first see him, he's talking to uh Kar- Karai. Is that is that how you pronounce her name? You guys know?
2: Uh, I, oh, the Patrick, you talked about this a little bit. In our she's X, got so. the,
0: the the purple streaks in her hair.
2: Yeah,
1: I can't remember her name specifically. Um, but yeah, he was talking to her for. A, um i guess again th- that dialogue between him and her was just sort of forgettable to me because i didn't like it
0: yeah oh yeah um, i i don't know what they said but he starts off in japanese mm-hmm. and, th- and then and then he switches to english i'm like well why why did we need it in japanese in the first place right you know uh right. but that kind of bothered me but i i think she's the same character from the 2007 tmnt right mm-hmm. Uh, I do not recall where she's supposed no. to be, like Shredder's daughter. I, I, I think. I mean, it's been a
1: while. <laughs> it's been a while. <laughs> I don't. I, yeah, I haven't. I have not revisited the 2007 one since probably 2007. Okay. Uh, so I can't remember quite, quite well.
0: Okay. Uh, let's let's talk about uh, how both movies approached the, um, I guess the, like April encountering the turtles.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, the first one. She gets saved by is it is it all the turtles or just Raphael? I'm starting to kind of mix up the movies a little
2: bit. I believe okay. it's all of them, and then Raphael ends up staying. Is it is it just oh, it's Raphael? That's right. Because he, he because uh, he's off with his trench. Coat. Is he coming out of the movie?
1: He comes out of the well. No, it's he's um. That's a different scene. Her first encounter. She's being mugged in the parking lot, going to her van, and he just comes out and and just you know, bus on her or something like, well, because doesn't it? he
0: throw the sigh to, to, he does. Right. And to, then to he got the light.
2: Yeah. And then he, he ties him up or something and then he leaves or something like that. It, I think. It's definitely got all of them because I, I do remember them leaving in the sewers and he's lagging behind them.
0: Oh, and right. that's when
2: he's, he's cussing at himself. Cause that's, that's the whole like ongoing thing is Raphael keeps saying like, damn over and over to himself. <laughs> I, I think he does <laughs> that one
0: word. He, he missed a, uh He lost a sigh. I think that's <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. He's kicking himself in the butt for that.
2: Yeah. Yeah, so they yeah. they all they all save her, and then he's the last one out because he's kind of looking for his sigh and realize yeah. and she picks it up and he's like crap. That's right, because I'm getting it confused with his encounter with Casey Jones solo.
1: That's what it was. I was That's, getting yeah. there. You yeah. go. Yeah, that is solo. Yeah. Sorry about that.
2: Yeah. So in
0: the 2014, she is so the first time she sees them is out on the docks, out in the conics or something. And the is it the foot
1: that is out there
0: or is it just regular people?
1: No, it's the foot. I think they're the getting okay. they're getting a bunch of uh they're 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 stealing a bunch of stuff and um and then Raphael in his I don't know what kind of power he's got throws a giant tractor trailer <laughs> <laughs> and whatever <laughs> that that was of the great things i loved about the 2014 that was one of the low points that was one of the few points i was like that's not cool don't be throwing tractor trailers because i don't think you're that powerful
0: no that that definitely i i didn't like that either the, the only thing i did like was how they weren't showing us you know them in full you know whatever we only saw like glimpses because they're moving so fast and they're you know, picking apart the the, the, the Foot Clan. It kind of reminds me of the, um, you know, in Batman Begins. You know, when he was like, uh, you know, hanging upside down. You know, that that scene. So what I didn't like about it is like, why are they going around? I guess fighting crime and then leaving their calling card. You know, this this uh, uh Japanese character that means family. Like,
2: what did you did you guys like that at all? Well, they they definitely did that in the 2007 as well. Or not, sorry. Sorry, there's so many of them in the 1990 version that we're discussing. They uh, the foot also left their calling card there as well. Um, it's it's a foot symbol, I believe, right? It's not the turtles. The turtles aren't leaving the the family symbol.
0: I thought they were.
2: Oh, see, so I, I guess I, I thought it was the foot's symbol that they were using and leaving because that's they do do the same thing in the 97 in the 1990 version. Um, and I thought that that was kind of like their marker, right? Okay. So the tur- turtles would see this everywhere that the f- foot was, everywhere that they were going and encountering the foot, they see this marker. See, so I guess I, I
0: I must not be paying attention because I have always thought that it was the turtles cleaning up like the crime and like say, hey, we were here, like we're, you know, it, it's them family.
1: Yeah, I picked up on that that too, Peter. I, I, I I'm I'm siding with you in that regard because I remember. I do remember the 1990 version, the foot leaving their mark, but April, if I'm if I'm remembering the plot from the 2014, April finds it and she makes the connection between when she sees that symbol, she remembers that symbol from when she opens up her dad's uh, documents from the lab and she connects it with the, the four turtles. And so if that's the case, then I guess to answer your question, I guess I would say jokingly they have an ego complex and they want to just make sure people know that they're there. Maybe they're trying to scare the foot or the bad guys to say, Hey, look, you can't get away with this, mm-hmm. but because they can't officially leave and they can't be, be public. They're leaving kind of a, maybe that calling cards for the, the enemies, kind
0: of like,
1: like the bat, the bat brand or something like that to say, Hey, look for future reference, don't mess with New York. Cause you're
2: going to get owned. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. That's interesting. I, I honestly don't know. And I, and it, I'd say that's kind of a story telling fail, if that is the case, because yeah. we never see him carrying around a bunch of spray can, you know, canisters. There's there's no I mean, you could have easily <laughs> taken a two second scene to make an to make that clear. Yeah. If that's what was happening. But I yeah, I read it completely different. I read it as the fact that that symbol was used in her dad's journal, tied them to sax and then sax was tied to Shredder and Shredder was using the symbol. I, your guys's version makes a lot more sense.
0: Yeah. That that is interesting. I I would be curious to see like what uh, you know the, the listeners would think. So definitely tweet at us if uh, if you have a different take on it or even an explanation. You know that we we probably missed. Um, since I guess we're talking kind of a, a little bit about April. Do you guys have a preference of which one you know is uh, is your April? Like do you like the Judith Hogue? Do you guys like the Megan Fox?
2: I love the Megan Fox character, and I have no problem saying that. I I am. Uh... I am so happy with how this turned out. To be honest with you, it could have been. I expected it to be a train wreck. I thought it was going to be the exact same character that she was in Transformers, as I'm sure everybody did. Mm-hmm. Um, way oversexualized. Uh, you know, she's not. She doesn't look like April. They didn't do the red hair thing, or didn't make her kind of dopier. Um, they gave her a yellow jacket. They did give her the yellow jacket. Mm-hmm. I, I thought that she was a great blend of intelligent and she was aggressive and she was she was enough of a damsel in distress momentarily that she she played it very much like the comics played it okay and i just i don't think that she did a bad job i think that she did a really good job my my biggest
0: issue with her uh and i i didn't catch this the first time around that i watched it but uh for this viewing the my problem is she I don't know how you put this into words. She does like this thing with her mouth where her mouth is open but her teeth is clenched, you know. And so I don't know, it's like an open mouth duck uh duck lips or something. Duck <laughs> face. Duck face. Do you, face, do you yeah. know what I'm talking about? Yeah, like, I know what you're talking so, about. So so if you go back and watch uh, like uh like specifically the scene where uh you know, in both movies do the origin story, but in the 2014 version when she's talking to Splinter, and he's telling her their origin. She's got her mouth open, but her but her teeth is closed. And I'm like, what is that? Like, how how, how do you are you breathing through your nose? Like, it, it just bothered me because it just does not look natural. So that's my problem with her in the movie.
1: Yeah, I mean, I can definitely see that. I'm, I'm gonna side with Aaron on this one. I think um, I I uh, I, I love the original April. I think she had ambition. I think she had spunk. In fact, there were a couple of scenes in the 1990 version where she, I mean, she just showed her aggression. Like she was asked to stop pursuing the story and she kept doing it to the point of getting fired. Of course, uh, you know, Megan Fox did as well. Um, but you know, her relationship with Casey Jones and just how, just just how, how just strong she was as a character was great. But, but I really, again, like Aaron, I was really surprised that I liked Megan Fox so much for those exact same reasons that, um, You know, she's not, she's not necessarily someone who's coming, who comes across as Oscar caliber, Mm -hmm. but because of the roles that she's played and just over sexualizing her physical appearance, it's really easy to demean her from an acting standpoint. And so to see her get a little chance to shine, have more dialogue, have more interaction, her relationship with Vern was phenomenal. Like I loved seeing them interact um, and, and, seeing her relationship, her connection with the turtles, I love that little plot point of the movie. And just over the course of the film, I thought just, she, she really grew on me. I really liked her, uh, portrayal as April.
0: So the, the connection, you actually liked the fact that, um, they were actually her pets.
1: Yeah. Um, when it comes down to it, I prefer the 1990 origin story better. Okay. But this origin story didn't bother me because the theme of family really, really resonated. With okay. me and, and I like the connection there. It it seemed for this story. If you were to discount again, I'm, I'm going to say this and probably get slapped at some point on the internet for saying this. But if you were to discount the origin stories from previous movies and the TV shows and the, and the comics and whatnot, which is where the source material you know comes from, if you were to take this as a standalone, its own little property, it makes sense to me. To see someone grow up in a lab with her dad doing these experiments, like the whole idea seemed somewhat plausible within the scope of, of this film. And so to have her connected with with these guys on that level,
2: I like that a lot.
0: Okay, Aaron, what do you think? Not a
2: fan. I, I'm, a, I'm a purist <laughs> at heart. Um, and if, you know... I, I love I love the idea of the original remake and I, I probably when it comes to I'm a big book to movie kind of guy and in this case we're talking comic books to movie and I just I prefer an original origin story to stay an original origin story. I don't think they need to get cute with it. So I wasn't a fan at all of the new origin story, um and the way that the Turtles kind of came to be and specifically because of Splinter. Uh, my big problem with it was Splinter, more so than April's connection. It was Splinter because, you know, in reality, Splinter is just like in the 1990 version shows it. He's a pet, and he he learns ninjutsu by watching his master and mimicking his movements. Right? Mm-hmm. He's an actual rat that does all of these things, and in this one. He's a rat that gets mutated and then reads a book and becomes one of the best ninjas in the history of the world. I, I, don't, I don't buy that at all, and it just felt so cheap and so unearned for them to have gained their skills by him randomly finding a book and reading it. I mean,
0: at least you know, show us him YouTubing do-it-yourself you <laughs> <Right. know>, ninjutsu, <laughs> at, at least that. But no, Aaron, I, I completely agree with you. I hated the whole book thing. Like you, you can't call a man a sensei, you know, that learned ninjutsu from a book and then teaches you. It just it, it uh look, I never took martial arts, so I, I guess I'm not one to speak, but um I I prefer the you know uh well patrick you said you prefer the the uh, 1990 origin story mm-hmm. so um but uh, i i too uh you know prefer the the 1990 it's just you know uh that's where they learn to eat pizza not being fed by little megan fox mm-hmm. you know and i'm just like well, do do little turtles really eat pizza i mean i don't know it, it's just I, i'm sure this is the weird thing like all these little references that the 2014 movie drops, it's for us, you know, like our age. Like, like we, we get the, uh, 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 Baxter Stockman, you know, um, we get the, the little bunnies or rabbit, uh, line, the throwaway line, um, the yellow jacket, Vern from the cartoon. These, these are, these people, these little things are for us, but like these jokes and stuff is, is for the family. And it's like, i think it's hard for the filmmakers to really find a balance and i just uh oh gosh it's just i i just felt i i think the way i felt is how maybe um i would say the majority of of like the transformers fans felt like every time a transformer movie is is released you know like uh, it's just michael bay keeps like ruining their childhood um <laughs> i i I guess you know like Megan fox i I can see what you guys what you guys are saying about her um again like my biggest issue is just the thing that she's doing with her open mouth would i i just i don't don't understand that but (laughs) but also their origin story in 2014 is probably one of the biggest things that ruined it for me but also the look of splinter ruined it for me
2: yeah i didn't like him i didn't like his
1: look either yeah, yeah, I, I agree. Um, the the nineteen ninety version. What I loved about him was the the actual puppeteering uh, work that went into his design, specifically in the scenes where where he's beat up, um, and you see him hanging by those chains, and you mm-hmm. see the, the close ups, and you see, I don't know if it's sweat, but you see just you know scars on his face, you see tears coming. I mean, I mean, I felt I felt like a, just a beat up puppy to me. Yeah, and and I could really feel that, whereas. This splinter looked like, you know, uh, doped up on steroids, you know, when he was taking down Shredder with his giant tail and, and it just, it didn't feel as, I, I didn't feel that, that personal connection with him in the 2014.
2: Can we touch on that? You just mentioned about, uh, it, it reminded me of something when you, when you talked about how he looked in the, uh, 1990 version splinter, mm-hmm. uh, for me rewatching this 1991 for the first time in, I mean, since I was a kid, probably. I had no idea how dark it is. I mean, Raphael gets beat within an inch of his life. Mm -hmm. He's, like, almost dead. Yeah. And we get multiple shots of Splinter being, like, tortured and hung on a wall and Mm -hmm. just, like you said, covered in sweat and and blood caked all over him. And it's just, it's incredible the tone difference Mm -hmm. from the 1990s. Because, I mean, the 1990s got its jokes and stuff, but it's so much more of a drama Anyway, yeah. because it it follows Danny's you know coming of age story and mm-hmm. and it and it follows that that line, whereas the 2014 doesn't really have anything of that nature. It doesn't have like a dramatic storytelling element, but it's just it's just not even close to as dark. You know, it's much more kind of jokey when they're getting shot with machine guns. My daughter commented on this. She's like, Dad, how come they took adrenaline and all of a sudden they're bulletproof? And I was like, I don't know. I <laughs> I don't know. Adrenaline yeah. does that, it's turtles, but. Yeah like it's it's in a kind of playful manner mm-hmm. but this 1990 one when it goes dark it went really dark. Yeah.
0: Yeah, so um Patrick what do you think do you do you like the dark tone in, in the 1990 or do you like do. the lighthearted?
1: Well, you know, I'm I'm split. I think um you know, watching it again recently the 1990 version I, I did like the dark tone. And I know that, again, I love looking at backstory about things. And I remember there was a lot of criticism for it being so dark, especially particularly by Jim Henson. Mm -hmm. He didn't like the fact that his Creature Shop production company was being used for such a dark movie. But, of course, that's what the comics were about. And I I actually thought, looking back on it, that's pretty ambitious to do something like that and still get the 10-year-old in me excited about that whole property. Like Mm. I walked away as a 10 year old or however old I was going, that was a great movie. I loved it. Cowbunga and man, I love being a turtle. And I didn't think about those. I wasn't, I didn't feel like, Oh my gosh, this is scary. But looking back on it, it it's, you know, I'm, I'm impressed at how ambitious that tone was used throughout a film and how they were able to balance some of the lightheartedness. Because I remember specifically it's the, the scene where, Raph's getting beat up on the top of the roof and then Mm -hmm. he finally gets thrown through the roof. And so there's a big battle in April's apartment that eventually gets, uh, and and there's jokes throughout. And so Donatello's like, uh, you know, structurally speaking, I don't think this is the best time for your boys to drop in and they fall down into the, uh, into the antique store. Mm -hmm. And then, and then you see it suddenly like the music changes and all of a sudden, then it gets dark. Like there's no more jokes. The foot soldier, it takes an ax to the electrical wire and then the fire starts. And at that point it gets, I mean, you, you see it specifically turn from playful joke fighting to, okay, now it's serious. And it didn't feel, it didn't feel weird. It felt like, okay, that's how it is. And I, and I love that. I thought that's a great man. That's kudos to the production team for being able to do that and have that kind of balance. I like Mm. the dark tone. Yeah.
0: Um, yeah, I, I also like the the tone in the nineteen ninety version. I was just thinking about how you guys were um both talking about how uh you guys like the the chemistry between um Vern and April in the in the twenty fourteen. Um I like I like the uh April and Casey Jones in the nineteen ninety because Casey Jones is now also there to kick butt. Whereas like twenty fourteen it's like Vern is like just an added comedic relief uh, you know he you know has the hots for april she doesn't really quite reciprocate that which i still think at the end she still doesn't i, I don't know it's kind of you, you guys no
2: i don't i don't feel like she ever truly reciprocates it. okay i think she's i think she accepts it as yeah. as playful flirting more so than she kind of rejects it and just sloughs him off okay in the beginning and i think she she's like okay i'll take it i'll take it but i don't think she, we get an idea that she's interested.
0: Yeah, see, so I, I think it's fine, but it's like, uh, I think the turtles themselves are, uh, th- there's enough, there is too much funny, you know, uh, ha- having Vern in the 2014 movie, um, oh, gosh, I don't know, I, I just wish that he did more, you know, uh, but Vern isn't known to fight, but, you know, I, I guess we're going to get our Casey Jones in the next movie, which, you know, I'll reserve any kind of judgment <laughs> until, uh, if I see it, um, we'll, we'll see.
1: Can we talk about the fight sequences between the two? Yeah, because I I'd, I'd love to. Uh, I, the biggest thing that that I took away from the 2014 was how entertained I was by the fight sequences. Um, the first one, the first main one between Shredder and and Splinter, wasn't you know it was I mean it was very over the top. You had Shredder looking like I don't know I don't I think we. Determined, he was a transformer in disguise. You know, mm-hmm. instead of that a robot in disguise, him. he was a. But but my favorite, my absolute favorite, was the uh, the the whole choreographed digitally fight sequence on the uh, after they get the adrenaline, okay, and and they go off and fight the foot, and then they take down Shredder's whatever her relationship is with him. And just all the dialogue, all the little one-liners, and all the fun little just camera angles and whatnot, it was just a fun scene to watch. And I remember watching the, uh, uh, you know, making kind of a mental comparison to the 1990 version. And granted, these guys are in costumes, so you can only do so much. So I was impressed with how much they could do in the costumes. But I wasn't as impressed with just the dynamicness of the, of the, uh, of the fight sequences in the 1990 version. And granted, I'm going to, I'm going to give grace to the production value because of when it was done, but I definitely walked away saying overall, the fight sequences were a lot more entertaining in the 2014 for me.
0: Yeah. The the 1990 version, they really got creative with how, how they fought because like you Mm -hmm. said, you know, they were limited to movements and stuff. I remember specifically, I think I forgot what scene it was, but it was when the four of them back up, like into and and kind of, uh, uh, I don't know how you say it. Um, the they corner. group
2: up with their shells to each other's backs, right?
0: Yeah, yeah. they... they, they basically uh crushed this 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 foot soldier so i thought that was pretty funny like you don't get anything like that really in the 2014 version and i guess i just kind of remembered but the the whole bulletproof thing i i don't think they were bulletproof because of the adrenaline i think it's their shell is just extremely strong right you know, kind of Kevlar. yeah it
2: was it was just kind of it was out of place because they you don't Came out of nowhere. See, you don't see turtles getting shot with machine guns right you know normally yeah. it, this is their hand-to-hand combat and that was the thing that i noted the big difference in the combat in the 1990 movie a lot of it is well all of it is hand to hand it's it's actual martial arts and in this one it was like some martial arts but a lot of non-martial arts as well in the 2014 you know some of the best fight scenes in the 2014 in my opinion were the ones where we didn't see the turtles Mm -hmm. those were awesome you mentioned that earlier peter where you know this where they're in the shadows at the beginning Ah, there's three scenes like that there's the the docks there's the subway
0: right when
2: the the foot takes the the people hostages and then there's the rooftop scene as well um, where they meet april and so all three of those there's like these amazing fighting kind of flashes in and out and that was the best use of the 2014 turtles martial arts skills in my opinion and we didn't even get to see it
0: yeah. I kind of agree with that. I wonder if it's one of those things where, like, if you get too much, you're just kind of like, oh, it's just oversaturated or something. Um, True. Yeah. Uh, now, I, I guess one thing we didn't really talk about is the look of the Turtles, you know, where, um, you know, your 1990, clearly, you know, it looks just like the ones from the comic books. But your, your, your 2014 version, I think originally there was supposed to be aliens, right? They were going to drop Teenage Mutant and they were just going to be called Ninja Turtles and be Aliens. Maybe that's why they have the nostrils and the lips.
2: <laughs> I read the same exact thing. Okay, that, that initially they were going to just call them Ninja Turtles. Marketing decided bad idea, and they were they in, they were intentionally designed that way to pay homage to the fact that they were created by this alien ooze. Which once I read that, it made me feel a little bit about it better about it. For for two years now, I've done nothing but call them the Teenage Mutant Ninja Trolls uh-huh. because they look like the trolls from Lord of the Rings.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: And, uh, and it just, it, it bothered me. It, it still bothers me, but not quite as much. Um, the problem I have now going back to 1990 is that they look really great until they talk.
1: The yeah. moment they <laughs>
2: open their mouths. In fact, I noticed it a couple <laughs> times when they open their mouths and you can see like this, like speaker, circular speaker where the tongue is supposed to be. And it's just like, sometimes they sometimes their mouths don't match up with the words. Yeah. Yeah. So, I love the design of the turtles in 1990. I just Mm -hmm. not when they're talking.
0: Yeah, Yeah, I agree. What
1: about you, Patrick? Well, I I was, I was on board with, with Aaron originally, whenever I initially saw the turtles because they didn't look like my turtles. Mm -hmm. And then I watched the movie and started seeing the different nuances of each one. Like I noticed, Hey, Donatello is actually skinnier than the other three. And that's, by design because he's the scientist he's probably not as i mean they're all muscular they're all athletic but you see they're clearly physically different they clearly have different gadgets or different little pieces and a flare on their turtle shell shells and all around and what i loved about that was yeah if, if you could change the face that would probably be a lot better for me but their body types and how distinct they were yet being kind of the same overall look and feel really appealed to me. I like the fact that there was some individuality apart from their coloring, apart from like, oh yeah, Donatello's the purple one and Leonardo's the blue one. And you, you know, the 1990 version didn't have that distinction. I mean, you could easily, you could have taken any one of their masks off and said, which one are you (laughs) before they started talking? Whereas if you took the mask off, which Mikey did at some point, because it's just a mask, it's just a mask, you know, (laughs) if you, if you took those off, you would still kind of know which one was which based on all these other characteristics. And I thought that was from the costume department, you know, from the costume designers or the CG or whatever you call them, the, the design of the, of the, of them themselves, I thought was really great.
0: Yeah, I uh, I agree with you to a certain extent. Like, um, like I I totally understand that. Uh, but I guess the problem is they try to make them way too different. Like they all look different. I like that uh, the colors, like you know the different gadgets they got, but they got way too much going on. You know, because um, you already got their their weapons to distinguish them. You got the colors, and by changing their face and uh, body types. That that works. But, um, you know, the, one one of the touches I do like is that Leonardo has like a like a New York sticker, you know, like on him. <laughs> yeah. So I dug that. But <laughs> he like, does. Yeah. But like so, some some of the, the things that's covering like their their uh, front side, you know, I'm just like, yeah, it, it was just it, it was a little much, you know, like uh, I know they've been living down there and they're just gathering like all these trash and they're just using them. Um, for, for armor, but I don't know. Do, do they need the armor? But I, for me, it just felt too much going on. Like it was just too much to, to look at, you know, kind of taken away from maybe the dialogue on screen or whatever. What, what do you think, Aaron, of, uh, of the different looks?
2: Yeah. I, I completely agree with, with you, Peter. I, I don't dig the newer look. I mean, I understand Patrick's point of view and it, it's, it's a, it's a, True factual reading of the way that they were designed, Mm -hmm. but I did not dig it. I know Patrick uh, loved Donatello's kind of gadgety look. I think he looks awful and it, and it destroys me inside to see my Donatello with these ridiculous goggles on his head all the time. And I just, I think they tried too hard to make him look like the nerdy one instead of using the story to tell us and show us that he was the nerdy one. And again, I think it's lazy storytelling to, well, hey, we're going to, we're going to make him look like a geek. Like a stereotype so that you know he's a scientist. Well, why don't you just show us by him doing something smart in the movie?
0: Yeah. Yeah. I, um, I, I'm totally gonna like forgive how, you know, technologically inclined he is and all, all the different things that they have down there. Um, like, well, where'd you get this? Did you steal some of these stuff? Cause some of these, like, you can't just <laughs> like find in a garbage can. Um, but also, like, is it me or does Donatella also kind of resemble a little bit of Jar Jar Binks? Because because of his like monocles and all these things he's got on his face like that is that just me just no me.
2: I mean it, he does okay I, he does unfortunately I can, I can see that for sure
0: yeah I can
1: see
2: that
0: so th- that was another thing because I think it's also more more so of like his face shape you know so I, I think that's that's where I get that so every time I see him and like I, again I I think I'm just so used to Corey Feldman you know because I think Corey Feldman did one and three and so I'm just so used to his voice and. The this, this, the guy that's voicing Donatello in twenty fourteen is just like so different. It just he I think he is the most different of them all, um, as far as the voice goes. And it's just like oh gosh, it, they I don't know I I, I guess it, it's getting really nitpicky. Um,
1: yeah, I remember asking Aaron specifically um, a few days ago what he thought about the voice acting because I know it was all I mean I know it was motion capture, so for the most part the actors portraying the 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 actual characters on screen also voiced them um but i remember cory feldman's voice specifically from the 1991 and uh so i mean did you did you think peter that the the voice casting was with the exception of donatello did you think that the voice casting was was good for for these guys you feel like they kind of embodied the personalities vocally of their of their turtles I think so. Um,
0: I think w- when we did the instant view for, for the 2014, like immediately after the movie, we, you know, we walked out of the theater, went straight to the car, I hit record on my phone. I think I, I, I haven't gone back to listen to that since I've released it, but I think I might have mentioned that I had a, uh, maybe like a minor issue with, with, uh, Michelangelo. I understand. Well, okay. So after all this time, I've come to accept it, like, hey, no, this this is probably equivalent to like the '80s Michelangelo, like how he talks, you know. Instead of like, um, you know, I mean, he still said "cowabunga" and all that, but like uh, at first when they're like, "Bruh," you know, I'm like, "Oh, is is that what we're doing here?" Michelangelo is like, like, uh, you know, from the Bay Area or something, and. <laughs> And Raphael's got this uh, New York accent. Like, well, what's what's going on here? So I mean, when they made him talk so different, I was just like, "That's not my Michelangelo," you know. But but I, I've come to accept it. Like, no, you know, this is this is how Michelangelo would talk now in 2014. So right. I've I've come to accept it. Um, yeah. So yeah, I'm I'm completely
2: fine with them. Hey. So speaking of sounds, because I I got to get your opinion on this, Peter. This, this has got to be uh, discussed. Each of these two movies has an iconic song, and and Patrick and I are big music guys, and uh, in our podcast, we talked about uh, the Shell Shocked song, rap song, that is in the 2014 version, and so I'll tell you quickly that my kids loved it. We actually ended up like, knock, knock, you about to get Shell Shocked, like we have not stopped saying it now for a week and a half. We'll text knock-knock to each other, and the other person will respond with, you about to get shell-shocked. So we have we have a lot of fun with that. And so my question is, what do you think? Do you think the knock-knock, you about to get shell-shocked song, or the one that we grew up with, the Partners in Crime song, Turtle Power, which one, if you only could have one, which one would you take? That, that's really tough. <laughs> that's really tough.
0: Because I am a, a huge fan of hip-hop. I, too, am into music. I'm into all types. Um that's a really tough one. If I had to choose, I'd probably go with the twenty fourteen version just because it uh for re listenability you know. Um the, the other one's just too dated. you, you know, I, I grew up with it and that's actually one thing I was gonna bring up. Uh I used to own the soundtrack for the nineteen ninety uh one on cassette. You know, double side. You finish one side, flip it around. So I used to own that, and I would listen to it. And this is the weird thing too. Like I remember, uh, it's supposed to be a soundtrack, and the there was one track where it's actually dialogue. You know, of was it? I think it was Shredder, Shredder, or maybe I mean probably both Shredder and Splinter. You know, it's like dialogue over just the score. You know, and so um, so I I owned it. So I think. Uh, you know, call it nostalgia, but I, I think 1990 has the better score/slash soundtrack. But song-wise, I, I got to give it to 2014, and and that end credit it helps. The end credit is just amazing in, uh, in in the 2014 version.
1: Yeah, I absolutely agree with that. I I'm going to go with the the 2014 for the same reason, although. I, I think I'm just going to echo what you said. I think the soundtrack overall from the 1990 was just fantastic, and I actually loved. I think I remember. I'm going to say I think I have it on disc, um, but there's a Splinter's Tale Part One and Two. Oh, so there's he actually there's actually a he tells track. the origin
2: story. He tells, he
1: tells the origin story. The one he told April and the one he told Danny. They're actually on the soundtrack, which I thought was great. And then I remember I just I, from a nostalgia standpoint, I remember. uh I remember almost saying to myself, Do you, you know, do you, have, you will you take a stand to do what's right? I'm like, Yeah, I will. I absolutely will. <laughs> then you've <laughs> you know got it. turtle power. I do <laughs> have it. But if I'm if I'm thinking about it, if I'm gonna queue up something on my iPod and go running with it, it's probably gonna be it's probably gonna be knock knock. I mean, I just I can't see myself, you know, busting out a few miles of on the, you know, on the on the track or something to to turtle power. I just I can't see myself doing it.
0: <laughs> yeah. Did you guys see, like, recently, like, uh, there's some kind of YouTube clip where, um, the original Turtles and Vanilla Ice came out? Yeah, and they, they, they did some kind of remix of, um, uh, Ninja Rap, and I did not like it at all.
2: It was not very good. I mean, okay. I like so It wasn't just reasons. me. Um, but it, it, he's old, er, <laughs> and the turtles just kind of looked like they were, they, a couple of them looked like they knew what they were doing, and the other, like, a couple times the other ones looked like they didn't know the choreography, and it was, it was very weird. And, and the problem is the audience, right? Like, if you had the right audience of humongous turtle fans from that generation, then it might have gone over better. But, like, 90% of the people in there clearly had no idea what was happening. Yeah. And they were like, "Go ninja, go ninja, go!" Like, <laughs> like, who, who, who's, who's that guy
0: up uh, with the mic? Yeah, <laughs> yeah <it's> just... <laughs> is that Vanilla Ice he did... it
2: doesn't look like they don't even know who Vanilla Ice is. These, <laughs> days. I mean, yeah, that was it was it was funny, but it been funny in that awkward kind of way. Yeah, yeah, to be
0: honest with you, like when Vanilla Ice was performing that song, I did add, I didn't even look at the turtles, so I didn't miss the the uh, lack of choreography i guess but i was just more kind of like that's that's not even the same song yeah you know, i hate i hated the beat and i was just like there, there is no bit of the actual like a, a, except for the chorus you know like yeah. th- that's the only thing that was still kind of the same but for me i was just like no you, uh, you update the song make it a little bit more upbeat so you can move to it i i don't know it, it seems slowed down i just i did not dig it at all
1: yeah, I think I remember reading in some of the comments that somebody speculated that because whoever put that together didn't have the rights to the original song, mm. they had to alter it to a point where it wasn't part of the original, and that that disappointed me. I could have I could have lived with the bad choreography because I mean, come on, the choreography wasn't real great from the second movie back in like ninety three or whatever or ninety one. You but know, I, you did the dance. Oh, well, I did dance, <laughs> but but I'm a crappy white guy that can't dance anyway, so anything's a step up for me, right? Um, but but yeah, when you when you don't have that original tune, I mean, if you're going to be cheesy and nostalgic, go all in. Don't go halfway. And that it felt like that to me. And I was like, eh, okay, I can appreciate that for a minute, but then I turned it off. Yeah. So I, I guess we'll we'll
0: kind of uh, wrap up now. Typically, Mike and I, we um, you know, we talk about like recast, and I, I guess we can you know uh, talk about that a little bit. But before we get into that, I, I kind of want to gauge your guys' kind of interest level on. The the upcoming you know uh, out of the shadows,
2: sky high, sky high. Okay, it has it has rocketed. Um, we what we we chose to do you know the 2014 movie and then we're doing uh, what we call uh, a real reaction. I guess is similar to what you did for the 2014, where you come out of it and you pretty much go right to recording. We're doing a, pretty closely to that uh, on opening weekend for the second movie and. I think I, I think I echo both of us here because we we are excited about Rocksteady and Bebop. Mm-hmm. They look fantastic. They look awesome. They do. They look great. We both are Arrow fans, so we love Stephen Amell. Um, I'm excited to see him as Casey Jones. Um, if if the one thing that has kind of made me a little nervous is we talked about how April was not overly sexualized in the 2014, the trailer. Decided to give us some sexualized April, and now she's going to have a love interest.
1: I'm a mm-hmm. little
2: nervous about that and mm-hmm. how they're going to they're going to take her character now that Casey Jones is in the picture. But mm. I, I'm definitely through the roof about it. I'm ready for it. What yeah. about what about you, Patrick? I am the same way. And for
1: again, I'm just going to I'm going to say what what he said <laughs> essentially. Okay. I, I think for for me personally, I'm excited about um, the thing about origin stories. Is that they are great launch pads for even better stories i 'm going i 'm going to say captain america the, the the first Avenger was a great origin story it was a great movie, but clearly Winter Soldier was great uh, and even better you know subjectively speaking, I think a lot of people would agree um, because you had a chance to breathe a little bit you say okay we 've gotten his origin story out of the way now we can have more big adventures, and so my hope is that this movie. I actually like the premise. I like the idea of, of them wanting to be human again. Now, I mean, I'm, you know, if there's going to be anything in the franchise, we know it's not going to happen. But what a cool premise to be able to seek that out to say, Wait, hey, if. What do you mean so, by be
2: human again? So th-
1: that, that part kind of messes me in the trailer. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Be human. I'm yeah. saying that, that okay. the goop that turned Bebop and Rocksteady to who they are, maybe it could do the reverse to them. Maybe it could make them human. I, I don't know how that's going to play out. But again, having the freedom to play with a, bit, a bigger adventure that didn't have to do with where we came from, where, where these guys come from. Now we're into the, the meat of, of storytelling, and I'm really hoping, with a new director um, and a couple of, you know, maybe a new writer or two, I think, um, I'm excited about seeing where that goes.
0: Uh, and I'm going to say what you both said. Uh, my, my Now, my interest uh, level may not be as high, though, but... Uh, but my interest, nonetheless, is still you know stemming from from everything you guys said. Um, the origin story is out of the way, so I hope that they can write the story better. I I, I love the addition of Peepom Rocksteady. You know, we all wanted it ever since the part two, Secret of the Ooze, right? Right. And also Krang. You know, we're we're, yes. we're oh, to get right. Krang. We're Getting Krang now. What what is that uh, one vehicle he needs to drive The something dome the, te- the technodrome? Technodrome, drone. Yeah. So I don't think we're gonna get that or any dimension X. We might. I would. I would love that. Um, but my and, and this isn't even an issue. Uh, I'm fine with Stephen Amell. Uh, in uh as Casey Jones. I I watched Daryl, but I fell off, but not because I didn't like it. It's uh, you know I I watch a lot of TV shows. Uh, but my problem with his casting is they did nothing to him to make him look different than Oliver Queen.
2: Oh, I, I agree, 100. Yeah. percent The guys that I have on my list here for fancy casting, I, I have some caveats about. Oh, how yeah. to we'll, Change their look.
0: Yeah, we'll definitely get into that, and that's why I like like uh, Elias uh, Codius because <laughs> he he had long hair, you know, uh, as Casey Jones, and like most of his other roles, like he's well, granted he's balding, but um, but most of his other roles, he's he's got short hair. So like when I see him as Casey Jones, like yep, that, that's Casey Jones. Mm-hmm. I, I I see the trailer for Casey Jones. I'm like, oh, that's Oliver Queen, you, you know? Yeah, in uh, a hockey mask. <laughs> in, a, in a hockey mask with a hockey exactly. stick. So so that's my only issue, and that's not even like that big of an issue. But that's that's my thing. Like, if you're gonna cast somebody who is known for a role like that, try to make him look a little bit different. I mean, I'm not saying color his hair or something. I mean, I don't know. Maybe give him a wig. You gave him a wig in Arrow. I mean, I don't know. So something else. Um. That, that, that's really it. So yeah, let, let's get into uh, some of the castings. Um, I don't have anything down, so I, I'll just be curious to hear what you guys uh have, and then maybe I'll piggyback or maybe I'll have something when you guys are done. So uh, Aaron, we'll start with you. We'll just go alphabetically.
2: So I have a Casey, an April, and a Shredder uh, okay. that I would like to see. Um, For my Casey, uh, I'm looking at one of two guys. I'm looking at An Aaron Paul with long hair. Oh, okay. Um, from Breaking Bad. Yes. Um, I think that he has the right facial features. I think he has the right build. I think that the only problem with 1990 KC is he's a little bit thin for my, my liking. Okay. Um, so Aaron Paul. The other one though that it could step in pretty much right away, uh, is Taylor Kitsch. I don't know if you remember John Carter uh, of and Mars. Battle, battleship that does not exist. <laughs> was he in? I haven't seen it. I refused. I, I actually was in the Navy for 15 and a half years, and I ah. just couldn't bring myself to watch it because I knew it was going to be such a travesty to my way of life. I was in the Army for nine and a half. So oh, nice. Well, yeah. yeah, yeah. you too. Yeah. Um, so so those are my two Casey Jones picks. Um, obviously, I would want both of them to have long hair for this. Yeah, uh, I, I love Aaron Paul. Didn't, didn't, we, didn't he have long
0: hair in one episode maybe? Wasn't it at the end? Didn't he have long hair at the end? I don't know. I didn't watch the show,
2: all the show. I know. I know. Oh, okay. I, terrible. I haven't seen all of Breaking Bad, but. Oh, boy. <laughs> yeah, I know. One of these days. Yeah. Did uh, you have, Patrick? Did you have Casey? You should, let's just go character by character.
1: Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So, um,. I'm just going to spoil myself and say all of the characters. Like, if you're picking these three, those are the three that I picked as well, and all of them are la- are, are former Lost cast members. <laughs> <laughs> and I don't know if it was because when I was thinking about this, I uh, i had been talking about Lost with a couple of people. But so my Casey Jones is Josh Holloway. Um, mm. He is a, the, his character in Lost comes across just a real snarky. He gave everybody a nickname, and I could and he's got the long hair, so I could just picture him you know, incorporating some of that snarkiness into the Casey Jones character, because I think the, the 1990s depiction was, was very, very sarcastic and very kind of macho yet, you know, just kind of endearing to, to April specifically. And I thought, what a great, uh, what a great kind of chemistry they had. And so Josh Holloway would be my pick for, for Casey Jones. You know, Jorge Garcia had long hair and loss too. He did, but I don't know if he fits the body type.
2: <laughs> uh, Casey's been eating a few too many Twinkies. Gosh,
0: who would I have? Um, you know, uh, I I don't have a good one. And you know, these these are very handsome men. You guys are throwing out here. And the first one that comes to mind, and he is no longer with us, but Mr. Paul Walker you know he's 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 got a great build you know he's uh he's a a man's man and a pretty man at that and um you know put the husky uh, hockey mask on take it off and you're just like wow who is this who's this guy
1: (laughs) yeah
0: uh you know so yeah clearly no longer with us but uh that's just one of the first ones that came to mind uh I, i tried even like going through like some of the game of Thrones characters but i it was really hard for me to picture any of them as casey jones like i was like Jon snow i was like mm, i don't know if that'll work but he's also kind of small is it, speaking of is i think aaron paul might be kind of short too i think
2: he would be a little bit short maybe. yeah
0: okay so um and so who do we want to go to next april
2: well i guess patrick's already spoiled it because he's if he's saying lost i know where he's going go ahead you, you go ahead with your april and just, well, just to
0: throw this out i haven't seen lost
1: okay so, so my okay. So April would be for me um, the actress Evangeline Lully. Okay, uh, uh, real steel, <clears throat> real steel. Yeah, actually, yeah. One of my, and that's actually one of my favorite movies uh, in the last few years. I I'm a big Aaron will tell you I'm, I'm I've got a man crush on Hugh Jackman. So yeah, we'll you know write. he can't you know he really can't he can do no wrong. So with uh, Evangeline Lilly, she's got she's got that really strong, um, just ambitious tone to her she was that way in law she's this way in real steel you know owning the uh owning the gym and being very much a uh, a powerful powerful character and i think she'd make a great great april o'neill i like
2: it i like it it too i i I would i have no problem with that one at all i I like i wasn't going to
1: pick michelle rodriguez
2: (laughs) (laughs) Well, well i have i have like four and, and I'll go in order because I can't, as I was doing this, I realized there's a lot of people I'd be okay with being April. Sure. Is, is really what it came down to. So my heart, my heart throb or my, my crush in all of, uh, actress land is Anna Kendrick. And the Anna Kendrick, there's two, so I would number one would be Anna Kendrick. And it, and it kind of makes me sad because the two people, two of the four on this list were considered for the role. Um and I probably would have chosen both of them over Megan Fox. The other one that was considered and not picked was uh Elizabeth Olsen and she plays Scarlet Witch. Uh I, I heard you talk about her. In the MCU, and yeah, I, I kinda crushed on her a little bit in one of our episodes as well. Uh but she's just a she's really a stunning actress. Um and she's probably the most eh, she's one of the, the most she, she or she is much more critically Claimed than Megan Fox would be as far as her acting skills go did so you, I think um, that something different did you ever see old boy i I have it so old boy okay. is on my two thousand and sixteen watch list. I asked people to give me a bunch of movies, and I made a list, and uh, Old boy was recommended by multiple people
0: yeah so i so Civil War is the episode I, I listened to your, uh, of, of yours, and so that 's where I heard patrick 's uh, documentary, but you, yeah you're Elizabeth Olsen. that made me think like, oh yeah, old boy, because we actually did because that 's a remake too. Oh Korean, yeah, that's right. It is the Korean yeah. one. So I'd be interested to hear your thoughts if you watch either of them. I would recommend actually watching the original first. Okay, I can do that. Yeah, and they are both different. Um, oh, good. In, so in their own difference. ways. Yeah, you'll see the similarities, but then you and then the changes are going to be like, what? Well, why? But yeah, I, I would recommend that first, and then. Um, but um, did you list all your April news Yeah, I'm no, sorry, the, the I, I can't other
2: the other two – oh, it's okay. The other two that I, I would be okay with, um, Emma Stone. If we're looking for a redhead April, uh, I know she's already been Gwen Stacy in one comic universe. Um, and she was a blonde. She was a different – yeah, different hair color. But I think – in fact, taking personal preferences out of it, I think Emma Stone might be the absolute best possible mix of April's spunkiness um, and look. And then the other one that I would – really be okay with is mary elizabeth winstead and mm. i don't know if you're familiar with her peter but she's the lead in 10 cloverfield lane
0: um i have not seen that but she was in the scott
2: pilgrim she was in scott pilgrim okay. versus the world she was the evil ex no not the evil X because she's not a boy she was uh well she was ramona
0: yeah i, ramona I know her flowers. name from from other stuff too but brunette very pretty brown eyes mm-hmm.
2: yeah yep but I, I really like her a lot, too, and I think she could do a, a bang-up job. Yeah,
0: yeah. Um, if the, the, I, I, only two come to mind for me, and I went older with this casting of April O'Neil. I went with uh, one of my favorite redheads, um, Jessica Chastain. There you go. Yep. And also
2: the other one from Edge of Tomorrow, Emily Blunt. So both awesome choices. Yeah. I, so I think, If we wanted in a little bit of an older April, a yeah. uh, more seasoned April, uh, as it were, I think those would be great choices.
0: Yeah, and I, I'm just thinking thinking of them paired up with my uh, Paul Walker as Casey Jones. Yeah, so beautiful cast. I, 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 who needs turtles when you have those?
2: <laughs> yeah, <no laughs> that doubt. you know that might be a problem, honestly, because it would take a lot of the focus away from the turtles if you had such star, you know, actors in the picture.
0: It that that may help in some cases.
2: <laughs> That's sad <laughs> A little So right. now we got Shredder Shredder So my Shredder is uh, And I don't know if I'm pronouncing his name right So forgive me But I believe it's Uweis. And I don't know how to pronounce his name But he plays Rama In the movies The Raid I don't know if oh, you've seen The Raid yes, I, I own them both I, I, okay, yeah, okay. So he is a beast And his face just has the best expressions he's a martial artist uh like he's one of the best in acting um he was also in he's got the physical stature for it he he is that's right and i just think that he would be an incredibly scary and formidable shredder because that's what i think of when i think of shredder i think of this is the best guy this is the best ninjutsu guy out there and not only is he the best martial artist, but he's a leader. He's able to, you know, have this charisma that creates this whole foot clan and, and is able to run it, and so I think that he would be a great choice for that.
0: That's a, that's a great one. Um, I want to jump in real quick since you brought up Raid, but that's who I was well, not who, but um, for director, I was going to choose a director from Raid, you know, Gareth Gar- Edwards. Gareth, yeah, and so because um, I just... So no, Garth
2: Evans.
0: I think it's Gareth Edwards. I think that sounds more right. Yeah, yeah. But um, just just the action scenes, you know. I I, I think I need uh, the Ninja Turtles to be in a more grounded, you know, fighting kind of kind of universe. So I, I would like to see that. But um, Patrick, what about you for Shredder?
1: So so my Shredder is going to be um, Daniel Dai Kim. Okay, and yeah, so he was. He was very stoic the first few seasons of Lost um, in that he didn't speak English. He is, well, we didn't know that he spoke English. Um, but I recently got acquainted with him when I started watching um, the reboot of Hawaii Five O, the mm-hmm. reimagined series on, um, I think, NBC or whatever. And his charisma as, as the officer, as, as, as that character on the show, really tells me that he has the ability to own a scene that he could lead. I mean, he seems like somebody that could lead an army, that he could lead a a group of people into battle. I don't, I don't know that I'm necessarily sold on him being a villain because he's always seemed like a heroic type of guy, mm-hmm. but his, his facial features and the fact that he has such a serious face, just at rest, um, he, he can be very intimidating. Like if I just stared at him without hearing him speak, he could come across as someone who you don't want to mess with. He's got that. I mean, he's got a great Asian look to him, uh, obviously because he's Asian American uh you know and but but seeing his his acting chops in Hawaii 50 specifically give me reason to think that he could take on a role like the Shredder and really own it and really own it.
0: Yeah I, I like that a lot. Um I the first name that popped up to me and I don't know how much I like this uh but I, I went with Ken Watanabe. Okay. Yeah yeah. yeah, he he he
2: would be he would be a good pick. I I don't know that he, I would worry about the physical prowess of you know him at this point, stuntman. But yeah, true. Yeah,
0: yeah. Just as long as they don't superimpose his face over the
2: yeah. You know, yes. I mean
0: that, that's what the mask is for. So uh, I I did kind of think about that too, and that was another thing. Like uh, I don't remember him too much in Batman Begins. Did he do a lot of fighting? I mean. Not really, not so much, right? I don't think, but um, I, I I think he'd be a good one. And also, when what was he, Sao Fang in the in the fourth? No, was it the fourth uh, Pirates of the Caribbean, or the third? Whichever pirate Pirates of the Caribbean he was in, so he he can play a bad guy. That's right. Yeah. So, uh, do did, did you guys have one for directors?
2: I do not, but. It's. I think it's Gareth Evans. It was the mixture of both okay. what we were saying, okay. um, wow. and I think that your choice is fantastic. I would. I would happily go see a movie of the turtles put together by the director of the raid. Yeah. Um, wow, that I. I can't even. I, I, I'm already geeking out now. Now <laughs> I want that more than anything. Well, I'm uh, sure because... you got a Twitter, we we, we must get on that. <laughs> we need to just start promoting that because. Um, that guy can film action scenes uh, like none other, and and that's what the turtles are all about. So
0: yes, and and please hire the same stunt coordinator and you know fight choreographer and all of that you know for, from yeah. from the raid. Yeah. So yeah, I you know thank you guys for coming on here. I really appreciate you guys coming on. It's definitely a lot of fun. I, I had no idea we would get into this much uh, turtle talk. So I I definitely uh, had a good time here. Yeah, well, thanks, thanks for
2: having us. We really appreciate it.
0: Yeah. Uh, so why don't you go ahead and, uh, give out your guys' contact information? Um, I know you guys already mentioned that your upcoming episode is the 2014, um, uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, but, well, yeah, t- tell them the contact information where they can find your content and maybe another episode to steer them to if, if not the turtles.
1: Yeah, so you can find me, um, at Shoeless Patch on Twitter as well as on Facebook. Those are usually the two primary locations that I hang out on the web. Um hit me up on anything related to movies. Um I'm a big fan of the Flash T V show. Always looking for more people to interact with when it comes to that. Just watch the season finale. Oh my gosh. My jaw is still on the floor. Um so yeah, any anything, just I love any kind of talk when it comes to movies and television. So at shoeless patch for me.
2: Aaron? Uh I am on Twitter and Facebook as well, at Aaron L White. That's A-A-R-O-N-E-L-W-H-I-T-E. Uh that that handle goes pretty much everywhere letterbox my favorite place to be and write reviews for movies um so you can find me there the show is at Film. that's f-e-e-l-i-n-f-i-l-m Uh com. we have a facebook group as well that we like to get everybody engaged in Um we're actually starting up a fantasy movie league uh group for this this session so uh, we have that going as well if you want to get in there and try to make your picks for summer each summer week and try to determine what movie is going to make the most money. For us, we would love for you to check out our Batman v Superman episode uh, as, a, as an example of the most recent movie. That's the one that kind of kicked this thing off for us, and we think that if you did not enjoy that movie or you had a lot of problems with it, we'd love for you to go to listen to what we had to say and then come out of it and see if you we changed your mind at all. As for an older movie, we also did a recent episode on Pan. Uh, that was the live-action Disney movie from last year that did not get a lot of love, but we found a lot of redeeming stuff in that one as well. And so, either one of those will give you a great idea of who we are and what our vision is for our podcast. All
0: right, excellent. Um, for me, if you want to get a hold of me on Twitter, I'm most active at hlf podcast. Uh, for original remake, it's at original remake. Uh, Actually, I think that's it. It's just at original remake. Uh, if you want to write in, you know, uh, with suggestions on movie pairings or anything like that, you can send an email to, uh, original remake pod at gmail.com. Uh, my co-host, Michael Dennison, you can reach him at war machine horse or his show, War Machine versus War Horse, my show, Hydrate Level 4, and original remake, all can be found at followingfilms.com. So definitely check us out there for, uh, other great shows as well. So uh, we will see you guys next time on Original Remake. And uh, Mike usually asks me, you know, uh, what are we doing next episode? And, and I, I don't know. So I'm going to continue that. I will ask myself and I will continue saying I don't know what's on uh, the next episode. Uh, I, I know the few that was supposed to be before it that hasn't released, which doesn't help you guys. And I'm going to stop talking now and um, we, we will see you soon. On the hash cell, they the heroes for In this day and age, who could ask for more? The crime wave is high, with muggings mysterious All police and detectives are furious Cause they can't find the source Of this lethally evil force